0: fundraising everywhere
1: fundraising everywhere 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 Hello, hello. Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. It's so great to have you here. And we've got an absolute corker cool of a session uh, lined up for you today. So today we're gonna to be talking about Gosha's incredible Build It, Beat It campaign. And we actually have some of the team um, behind this amazing campaign here to talk to you about it today. You may have heard about this amazing campaign already, but Great Ormond Street Hospital is undertaking the biggest fundraising challenge of a generation. It's a capital appeal that aims to raise 300 million pounds to build a world-class new children's cancer centre. So today we have Amy from Open and Jenny from Great Ulmer Street Hospital and they're going to be sharing with you how they put together this incredible campaign and how they're aiming to inspire the public to donate to this fantastic um, appeal and raise 300 million pounds. Amy, Jenny, over to you.
0: Hello, lovely charity people. I'm Amy Hutchings, and I have the great pleasure of hosting the Fundraising Everywhere podcast today. When I'm not doing that, I'm Creative Strategy Director at Open and author of Open's first book, Smashing the Silos, The step-by-step guide to integration for charities. Open worked with lots of charities on everything from creative to product development, to create strategy creation and integrated campaigns. And integration is something that we're very passionate about at Open and it's been our real privilege to work with Great Ormond Street um, and the children's charity there over the last couple of years to develop their recently launched Build It, Beat It campaign. And it's been quite the journey uh, from building integrated ways of working and looking at the campaign and the strategy into that creative idea. I know I've learned a huge amount, uh, but to help share that learning, I'm delighted to be joined by Jenny Sullivan, the head of legacy and donor development at GOSH, to talk about what might be the biggest appeal in the sector right now, Jenny. Um, So Jenny, first of all, do you want to just introduce
2: yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at GOSH? Yeah, sure. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Um, so I'm Jenny Sullivan. I'm the head of legacy and um, development at Gosh Charity. So my role has been in existence for around 18 months. Um, and part of it was to actually help with the function of the new Build It BC appeal and give us that long term grace in terms of our fundraising. I've actually been at Gosh Charity for quite a long time. Um, it's a really, really special place to work. And this is a really, really special appeal to work on. So it's a, it's a very exciting Time for us, and a really exciting time to be able to share this with across the sector. That's
0: brilliant. And should we just start with a little bit of context about the build and what it is that Great Ormond Street Hospital is trying to do?
2: That's kind of led to the campaign being needed. So Great Ormond Street Hospital has been on a very long journey um, to upgrade the facilities we have at the hospital to bring them up to modern healthcare standards. Um, the the actual hospital was founded in 1850, 1847. So it's been around a long time and the buildings are just not quite suitable for modern healthcare. So really long history of um, fantastic facility or some fantastic care, but not always the best facilities. So the children's cancer center is a new building. We're going to be building on the Great Ormond Street Hospital site. Um, and the reason being actually is to do with the fact that sadly Cancer is still the biggest uh, cause, of, leading cause of death in children aged between one and 14. So that's really horrendous for the families that have their child diagnosed with cancer. So we know we have really incredible breakthroughs coming, breakthroughs in research, breakthroughs in care, breakthroughs in technology, but at Great Ormond Street Hospital, they need to have the facilities in place to be able to deliver those breakthroughs. So the Cureland Cancer Centre will be a phenomenally exciting transformational building um and we are really excited in the charities to be able to help to be able to fundraise for it it's
0: an amazing project and it's just you know i think as briefs go it's it's incredibly inspiring to be kind of part of um, the team that's trying to fundraise for that
2: i think do you want to tell them how much it is that you need to raise jenny because it's quite a it's 300 million which is um a huge sum of money really um huge aspirational target for us um, and really transformational amount of, of money we need to raise but it, it's it's you know we're all really bought into it so we're we're a good way along the track of, of actually raising that money but 300 really big old sum and it's obviously you know I think the, the first thing that comes across
0: when you start working with your your team really is just what a dynamic team you are. You've got so many kind of real experts in the field and it seems like you're you're really kind of well set up to to meet that challenge. I guess with creating such a huge campaign with so many stakeholders, where
2: do you start with that? Um so I think you're right. It is 300 billion is a is a big sum of money and we have a lot of um a lot of different fundraising products within the organization and a lot of experience and a lot of um uh subject matter experts within lots of different areas so it is a really big challenge for us um so really you kind of have to break down it's too it's too big by itself 300 million so you have to really break it down into achievable chunks so we started started quite a while back around um building up the internal knowledge of the why why are we doing this why does great culture need this center um and what's what are we all going to individually do to help achieve that? So that was our first starting point, really building up that internal knowledge. The second part was around building and developing um, developing internal fundraising plans to help break down that large number into small achievable chunks. So by different products, by different years, by different income streams, how is everybody going to be working together to build up to that $300 million? So once we were very comfortable that we could achieve it, um, we then started to separately look at our audiences. Who would we need to go out to? Um, how would our new audience segmentation help us to really define who those people were that are going to be able to support and what messages would we need to go out to them with? Um, and that's where obviously the work came in with open, helping to put out that insight, um, looking at our existing supporters and our key stakeholders to really understand what the messaging is. Um, whether it was going to do what we needed it to do and whether it was going to do that over a long period of time. So that was a really key internal starting point. Once we got that all, everyone bought into it internally, then we started to actually build a toolkit. Um, so the design toolkit was a really key starting point. So we had that approved consistent messaging around the center. Why we needed it. Um, we had the the motivational family content. That was a really, really part of what the big part of what the appeal was going to actually showcase. And that kind of like that core look and feel that becomes really adaptable as we move into the stages of the project and the different appeals and the different activations that come out of it. And then internally, we had small single purpose delivery groups. So for example, we had the London Marathon Charity of the Year team who were a really single-minded group who were taking all of the additional information that they were provided and turning it into a really bespoke campaign for that particular audience. And then we had another one that really focused on the digital activity um, so all of those kind of individual small focus groups delivering the activity so that was that was just to get us started that was just to get us live <laughs> it's been such
0: a vast piece of work and I think um, you know like, like you've just spoken about having all of those kind of different plans building up to something that holds it all together has been really crucial and I guess maybe if we pause on integration for a minute, which, as you know, is my absolute obsession and favourite subject. Um, I guess you know, for for people out there who are, are starting their integration journey, you know, it's not it's not an easy journey. Nobody nails it overnight. Um, what would you? What learnings would you share with with people who are setting out on that journey to to integrate their teams better?
2: I think it is a really different way of working for most charities. Um, I think most charities are used to working, even now, in quite a small, siloed, um, narrowly focused environment. So this is a kind of, fundraisers sort of need to look at what they're doing, but also keep their head up and look at what else is happening across the organization and see how everything fits together. And that's quite hard to do. So I think recognizing that that's a real challenge. um, Do you have to do a little bit of work internally to build up the... Uh, the knowledge, I suppose, and the understanding of why it's important and what integration will actually deliver. And for us, it's really understanding that if we were going to get any cut through for this, everything had to work together. Um, We don't have huge budgets. We don't actually have a huge volunteer network that some charities have that help to spread the message and spread the story. So we really needed everything to build up the collective story of what we were doing and why. Um, We know One Income Stream is not going to raise $300 We know that everything has to to do its so own it play its part, um, but it is it is kind of practically very challenging for organisations. And I think we just had to be very mindful of what that meant for in, each individual team and each individual role, and work that through with them. And have you seen a change? Do you think in the kind of the culture and people's
0: how convinced people are by by integration? Um, you know, I guess it, it's always
2: hard, but is it worth it? Have you seen those wins? I think it's been really worth it actually from seeing the launch and how excited everyone internally was to be part of it. Um, it's very hard to see before it happens what it's going to do and how it's going to work. Um, so you sort of need everyone to visually buy into it when they can't see it. Um, and But once you have something in place and everybody actually can see how all the different part, component parts work together. Um, And actually where then some things don't quite work and we need to look at them a bit differently. I think that there was a real, absolutely overwhelmingly lovely internal moment when we went live and everybody was super excited to be part of it and have their, their, whatever they were doing, whether it was a small part of it or a very large part of it, everybody felt like they were working together and were part of this collective launch. So it's, I think now that we've done it, we've proved that it can work. It becomes like a, a lot easier there are still challenges and there are still lots of learnings for us Um, but I think everybody's now really on board with the idea of integration and how it will how it will benefit us as an organization and our teams
0: it's so brilliant and I think you know it's great to see you guys as a leadership team working closely you know really owning that strategy together getting together regularly to kind of reflect on that strategy and just being really kind of honest do you think that that approach will stay
2: past the campaign do you think that's a kind of how you will work together going forward. I think actually that's one of the, has been one of the real successes of coming out as a launch period is actually the way we have started to really embed retros into our ways of working. We know as we've gone through the past year and a half, um, there are lots of things that we, if we find out if we could go back, we would do differently. Um, but actually now that we're having a really regular cycle of retros, we're picking up challenges elsewhere in the organization much, much sooner, and we can start to address them and we can start to reflect on how that might change what we need to do as a leadership team. I think that's really, really important in terms of that style and ways of working. It's being open to understanding what's happening elsewhere. You may not see it yourself, but it is causing issues elsewhere and sooner we can deal with them, the sooner we can take on board that feedback and change how we approach. So I think it's... um, Everyone's really bought into that and everyone's really engaging with that process. And I think that's fantastic.
0: That's so brilliant. And I think it, it is nice to hear about the kind of the launch moment and how, you know, teams can see the impact of all of that hard work to, to kind of change how they're working and, and pull the campaign together. Um, I think, you know, should we, should we dwell on creative for a minute? I think, you know, build it, beat it. Um, obviously, it's, it's a nice active kind of call to action in there. It tells people what we're going to do. Um, I think, you know, it needed to work really hard to bring the themes of a capital appeal build and cancer, uh, and children together. Um, and it's got to flex across everything from kind of, you know, major gifts to partnerships, to brands, to events and, and individual giving. Um, so I wondered if there are any kind of creative learnings you wanted to reflect on from creating something so broad that had to do so much.
2: I think, yeah, it was a really interesting challenge for us to kind of go through the process of bringing it to life. Um, We started without perhaps the family stories that kind of really gave it the the emotion particularly. And I think once you bring those emotional stories and to the why into the kind of the campaign identity, it became a lot easier for all teams to understand how it would work for their different teams. Um, It's just, I think with fundraising, there is a real tendency sometimes to overcomplicate the ask and actually, you just want your supporters to understand what their role is in being part of that campaign or part of that fundraising product. And that's where Build It, Reach It really kind of brings everybody into one central idea. Everybody together that will be part of this will be part of building it and that will be part of beating it. And that's really motivational because that's what we're doing. And we just we know we've got something that our campaign has to last at least five years. It's not a one- you know, one moment in time appeal. So we need to be able to have that flex and we need to be able to show and learn and iterate how it's all going to be working across all of the different fundraising products, all of the different audiences. But it's actually been really, really well received across a broad range of supporters and a broad range of audiences. So that's been really exciting us to see. That's great. I think it's, it felt
0: like a, you know, a dream brief to get, but I think it's, it's deceptively challenging in a way to come up with something that can can stretch so far and do so many things. Um, and obviously, like you say, last a really long time into the future. Um, do you see the campaign kind of um, in the future progressing, changing, evolving as the years go by? Do you think that um, you know, in, in five years time it will look the same, or do you think it'll kind of the narrative will evolve as the build happens?
2: Yeah, it absolutely has to revol- has to evolve. I think that's one of the, our key learnings from previous capital appeals is um, we want to carry on fundraising after the core build is done. And that's not, the building itself isn't, it's a starting point. It's not the end point. So really our narrative and our whole strategy has been about, we start with the build because that's what's happening first and that's the important bit to, to start with, but then actually, as we get through the campaign, we'll focus on some of the impact within the actual building itself. And then, as we do that, we start to tell the story of why a lot more story of why it's needed, and what the what will happen inside the building, what will happen as a result of the building, all of the long-term worldwide impacts that will come as having this centre, and all of that storytelling will become part of the overall appeal as we go through. So that's that's a really really lovely appeal to be part of because you can see long term into the future how it's going to work and and how the impact in your roles as fundraisers becomes part of that impact. So yes, we'll absolutely see it evolving and adapting. And and there's lots of testing and learning for us to do. I think we wouldn't be um, individual giving fundraisers if we weren't doing testing and learning. So it's just about understanding what works for different audiences, different messages, and kind of just that, that, um, that rigor and, and learning approach to everything that we do, just embedding that throughout. And how has that
0: initial response been to those initial tests? How's the campaign going so far?
2: It's going really, really well. We, um, we're we really pleased with all the results that we're having so far. We're still in the very early um, awareness phases, um, but we've it's the different range of responses we've had, whether it's kind of like our average gifts are going up um, in terms of our own existing supporters. Um, we've had really strong digital results. Um, they kind of uh, the broader mark ons that we was all we've had um, some the, the comms in particular the press we've had has just been phenomenal the engagement rates with our content have just been there are some in particular that've just been unlike anything we've ever seen which is incredible um and you know and we've also had organizations and and supporters reach out to us wanting to be part of it which is just the dream really um and that's exactly what you want that kind of awareness phase to do to to kind of like to try to find those people that can really help you. So we, we have a long way to go. We don't want to get complacent, but we're really pleased with how it's been um, received so far.
0: Well, oh, that's so good to hear. And I think, I always think capital appeals are so great, not just because they're so tangible, but also because you have a reason to talk to people right now, you know, you have a, a reason to be running a campaign. And sometimes we run a campaign because well, we always run one at that time of year, but actually with a capital appeal, you know, you've got a project, you've got an amazing story you've got a deadline, you've got this brilliant research and these breakthroughs that you want to bring to life. You know, what a a great story to be telling. Um, And it sounds like you're in a brilliant position. But I guess my sort of final challenging question, if you could go back in time, if you could do one thing differently, what would it be? Oh,
2: I think if we had to do one thing differently, um, I think we probably would have been tighter with our decision making internally, I think. We, um, we had a tendency to try to be too collaborative sometimes in our decision-making and, um, and then it actually, because we had a very, very fixed deadline, we needed to, we knew we needed to go live with the, um, London Marathon charity Year partnership. And so we only had a certain amount of time to work backwards from and where we were taking a little bit more time to make some of those early decisions, it was pushing some of the, the timings later on in the process. So I think we have learned a lot about when we need to and how we need to engage stakeholders across the organization because this does include pretty much everybody within Gosh Charity. Um, But we just needed to be a little bit more decisive in some of those kind of like key moments. Um, I think that's definitely something we've all taken on board.
0: Brilliant. Um, I mean, I always think that one of the best things about the charity sector is that we share learning. So I'm really grateful that you've joined me today and thank you for talking about the campaign. If you could give one bit of advice to somebody who's sitting there thinking, okay, I've got to start a capital appeal,
2: um, what would that piece of advice be? Um, I mean, I think the point about retros is really key, but that kind of applies to any project running, any fundraising campaign, is just having that constant retro of learning and understanding, bringing that back into what you're doing. Um, for just capital appeals, I think it's very easy to get to... Caught up in the actual physical building itself, um, because it feels big to you. Because you could you could sort of you can see the plans and you can see what what it is, but it's really about what it does. So you could absolutely use all the mechanisms for um, bringing people into it to the building appeal, but you need to be able to do the storytelling. You need to be able to talk about what the building is going to do, why it's going to be doing it, and why people should be supporting that. And if you have that within every single touch point um, it will start to build up that constant like long long term ongoing need um, it's really, it is a really challenging fundraising environment at the moment so you have to be really really strong about why people should give to you um, but if you do that then, then capital appeals can be phenomenal that's
0: brilliant thanks Jenny and if people want to support the campaign or find out more where can they do that
2: so we built a, um, a hub uh, on our website. It's a starting place for people to find out more, which is gosh.org forward slash cancer. Um, but they can also reach out to any one of us within the organization to actually understand a little bit more. And um, we're very happy to talk to anyone about it. We're, we're really proud of it. And we're really, we're really keen to kind of like to talk more and to engage with people across the sector. So very happy to be contented.
0: Brilliant. Thanks so much, Jenny, and for joining me today and to all of you for listening in. Um, obviously if you'd like to contact either of us with questions do reach out Uh, if you want to learn more about integration we have got a free ebook available on the open website with lots of practical tips and exercises to help you do that Um, alongside lots of other great content and reports all for free just look for the open channel and thank you again for joining us today
1: thank you Thanks again for tuning in to another episode on the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as us. um, Podcasts like this just would not be possible without our incredible speakers, our community, you know, coming to us, bringing this incredible uh, work. So thank you for all of the amazing stuff that you're, you're all doing out there. If you are interested in more IG content, we've got heaps more cool stuff coming up for you. Um, check out the individual giving conference on the fundraising everywhere website which is on in october Um, and until then take care bye